If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand? I guess as long as our friends at Facebook allow us to do that. Anyway, I, <laughs> I'm chuckling here off the top because I'm watching footage of this very inspirational, motivational rally. Oh, it's a rally, a raucous rally in Wilmington, Delaware yesterday with Joe Biden. And you'll have to forgive me. And I actually have watched, uh, there's there's actually an older video. It's been around for a while because people, of course, pronounce Kamala. I'm going to say that correctly today. It's not intentional. I want to make this clear. Kamala. I think I call her Kamala. It's just that I put the accent on the wrong syllable. But I think that, uh, yeah, well, let me pause. Kamala is how Biden says it. So that's either proof that that's how you say it or that you say it anyway but that. But in watching <laughs> in watching this rally yesterday, folks, this is just I mean, we when I say that this is a that he's America's first virtual candidate, I mean this is exactly what I mean. This thing, they come out in their cute little mask, which again, look, I'm not against I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not against masks. I'm just pro science, right? We're accused of being pro science or excuse me, anti science as conservatives all the time. Of course I would love for the anti-God radical wing of the leftist, uh, the Democrat leftist party to tell me, tell me where the universe comes from. Would it not be from a creator God? I love this conversation, by the way. There's four possibilities for the origins of the universe. It's either self-created, self-existent, created by someone self-existent, or it's an illusion, which some have suggested it is. And Ironically, if it's an illusion, something must be having that illusion, and it's either someone who's self-created, self-existent, or created by someone who's self-existent. So there's really three choices, and of course the idea of self-creation violates everything we know about science. It violates everything we know about cause and effect. It violates everything we know about common sense because something that something can't create itself if it's not existing to create itself to begin with. And if it existed before it created itself, then it's not self-created. I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing. I think I'm pretty sure my sixth grader would 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 get that. 
then you're left with self-existent or created by something. So you get you get narrowed down really quickly here, folks. Narrowed down, self-existent, or someone who's created by someone self-existent. And what we know about the universe is that it's moving from a state of highly a uh, highly ordered state to a state of high disorder, which means if it was eternal, by this point we would have reached the point of utter and complete chaos, thereby disproving the notion that it is self-existent. So we're left with one option. Now, whether it's the God of the Bible, that's another discussion for another day, and I'd be happy to have that as well. But, but we're left with the obvious conclusion. The Bible even addresses this, this, this notion that people know deep down that, this, that there is a creator. You may not know him as God or whatever, or God of the Bible. But the point is, they tell me that I'm anti-science and or us conservatives but yet they're the ones that are anti-science when it comes to these masks i mentioned yesterday and i mentioned in the the, uh, newsletter that we sent out um you know just the evolution of the mask just back in february masks were jokes and now they're necessary for two people who i guarantee don't wear masks behind closed doors together when they're meeting i guarantee this is not happening Unless there's a camera around. We see how this happens. Remember this CNN deal? I think it was CNN. They were doing a report. I love this, by the way. The media caught red-handed. They were doing a report. I think it was in Florida, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100% certain. And they were doing a story on people not wearing their masks in Florida. I think it was. This has been a month or two ago. And someone passes by with a cell phone, and they take – pictures or they shoot video of the staff of the crew that's that's running the the video equipment the people that are behind the camera not the ones that are on the camera the guy on the camera's got his mask on the people behind the camera had their masks off i mean it's just ridiculous what we've gotten ourselves into here and again i'm open to this idea that the masks work but the masks are symbolic that's what they are science look there's been multiple studies all showing masks make no statistical difference into whether or not someone contracts the flu or not now of course this was we we don't even know how people get half the time covid right get the coronavirus been told all sorts of things about this virus that turn out to be false or told that it's something's not the case that later turns out to be the case we're still trying to figure that out let alone whether or not a mask helps it but based upon what it does for the flu the wearing of masks, and those were N95 respirators that were studied in these studies. All the scientific studies show, again, we've been through this. I'm just pointing this out because this is one of the most important parts of their, uh, I mean, that's that's part of their campaign. It's the virtual campaign, the virtual uh, campaign that they walked out to on that stage yesterday, which again, I mean, there's no one there. They're wearing masks. They make sure they sit Kamala, so far from Biden in her, in fact, she was in her chair for a little bit. She was in her chair for, a, I'm sorry, in her mask in her chair for a little bit, but later on taking off the mask. And anyway, this thing was un, uninspiring. This thing was, of course, a little bit silly, maybe a lot silly. And this is the kickoff. This is the big, this is their moment. This is their moment to shine, their moment in the sun. And this is what they come up with. And they, of course, you know, um, 
I don't even know. I don't, they attack Trump. They, you know, do that sort of stuff. But it's it's just pure silliness is what we were subjected to yesterday. I'll play just a bit of this. This is coming from video from the AP. Um, I'm not going to – this is just – I just want you to get a, fa- a feel and a flavor of what this of what this event is. This is when they're walking out on the stage with their cute little mask, matching masks. I don't know if they say Biden on the masks or not. Maybe they should. I've shared before that I thought about, and maybe we will. No, they don't say anything. They're plain black masks as they're walking out onto the stage. So here they are. This is a little bit of awesome, some jazzy music there. Inspirational. This, hear the roar. Oh, the roar of the make-believe crow. Here we go. Me and to uh, Kamala, this is an exciting day. Yeah. It's a great day for our campaign. It's a great day for America, in my view. Mm-hmm. Kamala as you all know, is smart, mm-hmm. she's tough, she's experienced, she's a proven fighter for the backbone of this country, the middle class, mm-hmm. for all those who are struggling to get into the middle class. Kamala knows how to govern. She knows how to make the hard calls. She's ready to do this job on day one. And this morning... Does Biden know, by the way, sorry, I wanted to stop that, does Biden know that Governors govern and legislators legislate. I just, I mean, he says she knows how to govern. I would ask, when has she governed? Did she govern as attorney general? I mean, she's part of the executive branch as the attorney general, but she's prosecuting laws, by the way, in ways that upset the radical left. And I'm not defend. I'm just saying that there's there's a whole other wing of the left. Well, the leftist wing of the Democrat Party that's not happy with this pick at all. But she legislates. She legislates and she campaigns. That's what they do. That's what that's what a lot of folks do in the legislative branch today. They abdicate their responsibilities to the executive branch, and they whine about that whenever the executive branch, who of course is the president, takes action that they don't approve of, but then you have to ask yourself, why did you kick the can down the road or pass the responsibility to the president to begin with? I'll grant you that that's not what our founders have. I'll grant you that that is not in the fiber of our Constitution, but you willingly gave it over to to the executive. That is your fault, executive branch members. I don't care what stinking party you're from. I don't even care anymore. This this problem is, is massive, what we're dealing with, and there's a handful that are trying to do something about it. But most of these folks are just trying to get elected and reelected here, maintain their positions, go back to their constituents and whine about the things that they supposedly can't get done in Congress that their constituents want. Of course, they can't get it done because they, you know, because of how they, what they do in Congress. I don't think, I think you're better off in Congress today to make all these pledges to your base and then not do anything about it, and then go back to them every four years or two years or six years, whatever, senators are six and representatives are two, I guess. But if you're, same thing in the in the executive branch, if you have a four-year term, then you go back and you whine and moan about how you can't get things done and how reprehensible it is that your ideas and your policies can't get through. Fire up your base, raise some money, go back, kick up your feet on the desk with your buddies and I think they laugh at us half the time behind those closed doors, and they're not wearing masks either behind those closed doors. 
Anyway, Biden continues here with his exhilarating, uplifting, upbeat, raucous opening ceremony introducing uh, Kamala Harris as his VP choice. Here's more of this wonderful, wonderful kickoff event. All across the nation, little girls woke up, especially little black and brown girls, who so often feel overlooked and undervalued in their communities. But today, today, just maybe, they're seeing themselves for the first time in a new way. As this. Yeah, Biden stopped that. Biden stopped all of that today for every child, every, especially as he said, every little girl, every black and brown child today, this was yesterday, that ended. That ended for um, the, the, the problems that young children have. And look, my heart breaks for any child, any, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even like to, the discussion of this stuff has gotten so off the rails and so far from, you know, from what real core problems that we, that, that cause some of these issues that, that children, that children go through. I used to run, I used to run a boys and girls club. I used to run a boys and girls club and we would have a lot of kids and we had kids that came from great families and we had kids that came from, you know, not so great families. And we had kids that came from families that it was a total wreck and disaster. The home life was. I had a couple of, of kids who uh, we had a program called the shuffle back. This was in oh probably 12 to 14 years ago. The shuffle. It was for teens we partnered with the local church. Oh, my goodness, a church and law enforcement. We partnered with the local law enforcement and a group of churches, specifically a particular church building. And we played basketball and had the kids over there. We did it once a week. You know what happened? In one, we did this once a week. Law enforcement told us that they went from having multiple calls into this particular community multiple calls a week to where they said they had they started getting zero. Now, look, I mean there's a lot of a lot of factors, but one of those was that we gave them an outlet, a source, they were introduced to the club, some of them started coming to the club outside of just that program. But I remember two young men in particular, they were brothers, they were teenagers, and at the time there was a product, I I uh, Apple made a product called the iPod I'm doing this iPod shuffle, iPod shuffle. And so they were a little bitty. They just were, you know, they, they held songs back then. This was before the iPhone. So whatever years this was, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is 2006 or 2007. Well, we weren't going to raffle off an iPhone back then. <laughs> so it, there might, they may have been simultaneous for a while, but these little devices, they held, you know, they, they, they were MP3 players effectively. And so we bought a couple. We had a grant. So we, we to promote the event, we bought a couple of iPod shuffles and did a drawing for those who came. Or I think you got an entry for each time you showed up or some such thing. And both of the brothers ended up winning one. We drew for, I don't know, four or five of these things over the course of time. And I remember they asked me, they said, hey, when are you going to, when are you going to raffle, do a drawing for another one? And I said, man, didn't you guys both win one of these? And they said, yeah, we did, but we, we sold them to help bail our mom out of jail. True story, what they told me, what they told me anyway. So, I mean, there's definite problems for children 
And by the way, these these two guys were white. There's problems in white families, black families, brown families, as as Biden, the Biden part of the Biden Obama administration, just says there. And he's apparently dealing with some of these problems, helping kids around America by picking a black female candidate as president of the United States or vice president of the United States should he win this this election. Anyway, I got more thoughts on this stuff, but this is the kind of stuff. This is it. This is what they've got. It's identity politics. Again, as I've been on, on record before, it's great that America's to the point where people can run for office, be nominated to be vice presidential candidates regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of other factors. That is a good thing, but it should not be the sole reason anyone is nominated. And that is, look, that is what happened here. Say whatever you will about Kamala Harris, but Biden made this clear from day one. He was going to nominate a woman and probably a black woman. And if he didn't nominate a black woman, those black leaders that wrote that statement, Puff Daddy, signed by hundreds or 100 plus other leaders in the black community that were men, that are men. They said that, hey, black women are the future of politics, whatever on earth that's supposed to mean. But see, you make these, you make these announcements, these, these, these statements. I don't even know what that means, really. I, I thought politics was about ideas and who had the best ideas and that sort of thing, but it's all about identity, and that's what the statement is. That's what Biden's telling us here again. Great that this can be the case. It is. It is a good thing. It is a good thing that we can get past some of our past mistakes and errors and, and sins in this country regarding race and, and gender for that for that matter. But that is not the sole reason to be nominating someone, and that's really, in listening to this, what we found out. So I want to play a little bit more of this super exhilarating kickoff party to the to the Biden-Harris ticket in 2020. I want to share some other thoughts about this. There's some that think this is a brilliant pick. It's a trap for Trump. There's others in the left who think that this is a disaster and that this is basically a right-wing pick for the Democrat Party and all things in between. We'll talk about those when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So let's get back to this exhilarating kickoff event yesterday. Joe Biden up on stage with Kamala Harris, his VP pick, who, in case you didn't know, I don't know if Biden's mentioned this, but Kamala Harris is a is a woman. Did you know this? And she is running for vice president. She is also um, black, which... Um, you know, I don't know if Biden's mentioned that at all. It reminds me of Hillary Clinton, the campaign back in 2016. Remember this, I'm with her. I'm with her. She tried multiple campaign slogans, but I'm with her was one of those, which again, I have zero problems with the fact that Hillary Clinton is a woman. I have lots of problems with lots of other things about Hillary Clinton, you know, ranging from ideology ranging from the things that have been uh, reported, well, not reported, 
I guess you could say reported, but not by reporters, not by the media, reported by people like Secret Service agents who shared some of the ways that she, I mean, she wasn't very, she wasn't a very good person to them, folks. I mean, it's, and and I don't even want to get into some of the other scandal and so forth, but there's lots, I mean, a metaphorical mountain of reasons why I would have never voted for Hillary Clinton and not one iota. If you pile up, if it's a, you know, the, the, the what what forms this mountain, rocks of, of reasons and evidence, there wouldn't be one tiny pebble, one grain of sand that would have anything do with, to do with her gender. But yet that was her campaign theme, right? I'm with her. It's like she had to remind Americans that she would be the first female president of the United States. Of course, I like to say that we don't know. We don't know because we have not done a thorough review of how the other presidents throughout history identified. And I've been told that gender is a choice. It's not linked to one's biological sex. So I don't know. We don't know this anymore. But it's just convenient. The left can, they can shift these things back and forth, right? They can tell us. Uh, that gender is based upon something that's not biological sex, but yet when it benefits them to say it's something historic, and that's what this is. Biden is doing his darndest to make this campaign mimic or a reflection of the Obama campaign back in 2008. As you remember, for those of you old enough to remember that or Old enough to have participated in that, you know, as an adult, maybe if you were a kid, you didn't really follow it closely. I don't know. But if, you, if you're old enough to remember that from 12 years ago, you'll know that um, race was a big part of that, you know, and there, were, there was pressure put on people, some people, not for those of us who say, look, I'm not a racist. I don't need, I'm not going to be persuaded by someone to make me think I'm a racist. I'm going to look at the ideas that each candidate is promoting and call me crazy, but I'm not in favor of universal health care. Call me crazy. I'm not in favor of radical leftist ideology. Not a fan of these things. I'm not a fan of more government. I'm not a fan of more taxation. I'm not a fan of someone who calls people who hold to their God and to their Guns, bitter clingers. Not a fan of that. Not the least bit of a fan of that. Makes me chuckle to think that this is how people view people like that because it's the farthest thing from reality as possible. Not a favor, not in favor of a guy who runs around wearing mom jeans. (laughs) I'm not a favor of a guy. You remember the pitch he threw, the opening pitch? Not a fan. I'm just teasing about those things. But I'm looking at ideology. I mean, If we're going to make it about superficialities, then I'm bringing in mom jeans, and I'm bringing in the pitch that he threw in uh, from the mound, which was really, really kind of embarrassing. Now, it wasn't kind of embarrassing. It was super embarrassing in my estimation. But if we're, if we're going to bring in all these other things, like uh, how well he speaks or whether or not he's in favor of a college football playoff, which, yes, I did hear that back in 2008 – or that we should vote for him just because of the color of his skin or whatever, then I'm bringing in the mom jeans and I'm bringing in the pitch from the mound that barely made it to the plate. I think it clocked in at like 23 miles an hour or some such thing. Anyway, but but Biden is trying to harness some of that stuff. Now, he can't harness a lot of it because 
Biden does not have the, I don't, just the, the Biden or the, the Obama campaign was a well-run campaign. I mean, it was an attractive campaign. The graphics, they were good. Obama was a very, is, I'm just talking about was in the sense of when he was campaigning, but is a very good speaker. He's very, uh, it's it's a very appealing, just take away the ideas, the ideas or not, but just there's, he's a good, he's a good communicator. I mean, a lot of times he's not saying anything or he's hiding what he really means, hiding the intentions. Remember when he told that group of AFL CIO that of course he wants to go to single payer in America for health care, but we can't get there in one step. You got to trust him. It's, this takes time. And Obamacare was like a uh, a, a midpoint was a was a step in that direction, but it wasn't the ends itself. And so they communicate things often to deceive. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying there's a lot of appealing things about the campaign and the speaking style and the nice, you know, the the, the family. They looked they looked happy and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot to that, and Biden's trying to 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 pull some of that out, but he can't. He can't do it because Biden is not that. Biden's out there saying he's going to defeat Biden. Biden's out there a half a step away from endorsing Trump. Biden's out there challenging old men in the crowd to fistfights, calling them fat, <laughs> calling calling other people in the audience lying dog-faced pony soldiers. I mean, Obama never did that. Yeah, there's, I have a lot of problems with Obama too, but that's that's not what Obama did. Obama was was too smooth and and on on point for that kind of stuff. He knew what he was trying to do. He knew the battles to to have, and he knew how to how to have them. And that's not it. Challenging the incumbent president to a push up contest, a pull up contest, and a forty yard dash, which Biden has effectively done. I don't know. Would you wear a mask during that or not? That's strenuous activity, and therefore, I don't think a mask would be required. Although, ironically. You are exerting more energy, needing more oxygen, so you're breathing harder. I don't know. Maybe they would wear their mask in this American Ninja Warrior, uh, American Ninja Warrior uh, choice of our president of the United States. But anyway, Biden is trying to pull from some of that magic. He's trying to tap into that the part of the Obama campaign that connected with people where they could feel like we're doing something historic here. We're voting for the first black president. And he's trying to do the same thing here with a, a female and a female who's black to, to make that uh, doubly as appealing. But I'm telling you, it lacks in a lot of the other areas that make this sort of thing connect. And, and perhaps the biggest, the best way to articulate that and to explain that is to simply play more. And I've got a little bit more that I'll play from from that exhilarating kickoff yesterday. So we'll do that when we get back, and we'll talk also about some of the reactions to the uh, Kamala Harris pick by Biden. And they they run the gamut, including folks who think that Biden has set a trap for Trump, something that's entertained me as well. But I'll take a break here, come back and do that, sit tight, be back in in just a minute. So let's continue here. 
let's continue with a little bit more of this exhilarating, life-changing campaign event yesterday. Biden and Kamala Harris out there with their masks, socially distanced, with a virtual crowd. I don't know. If they, I, I didn't hear. Maybe they did at parts and parts, but I didn't hear in the small parts that I watched this this silly thing. I didn't hear any piped-in applause or anything like that. But it's a simulated campaign. I mean, this is right before our eyes for the world to see. And I'll tell you something else. It's going to be, God forbid this guy wins this. It'll be a virtual presidency as well. Someone else will be calling the shots. There will be, I mean... Look, I, I read the, the email yesterday announcing the email that I got and people as supporters, supporters like me, and that's of course not not I'm just on the list. I'm not a supporter, but they think that I am because I'm on the list and they the way that email was written, it sounded like it sounded like Kamala Harris was gonna be the leader of the party in twenty twenty one. In fact, Breitbart picked up on this and they I wrote about that awkward email from Joe Biden. Says this, I've decided that Kamala Harris is the best person to help me take this fight to Donald Trump and Mike Pence and then to lead this nation starting in January 2021. So there's folks out there that say Kamala is going to be the next president. See, people have, people have said this. People don't buy into the notion that the Democrats have you know, put their bets on Biden. And I have no doubt that they're having discussions about this, but right now he's their guy. He's their guy. But you write this in an email. You write this in an email. It sounds like Kamala Harris is going to be leading the nation, being the actual president in January. So let's get back here to this exhilarating kickoff event. I'm sorry to play this for you first thing in the morning. I know some of you are yawning listening to Biden talk here, but... Man's got to do what a man's got to do here. So this is Biden continuing his discussion um, at the event. The stuff of president and vice presidents. Your next vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Oh, no. Kamala, here she comes. The floor is yours. Okay, no mask. Are they going to pass? Oh, they did. They pat. No masks, and they and they may have touched there. As I said, Joe, when you called me. I am incredibly honored by this responsibility, and I'm ready to get to work. I am ready to get to work. This is so awkward. After the most competitive primary in history, the country received a resounding message that Joe was the person to lead us forward. And Joe, I'm so proud to stand with you. And I do so mindful Mm -hmm. of all the heroic and ambitious women before me whose sacrifice, determination, and resilience makes my presence here today even possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there you go. There you go. I still want to know if she's proud to stand with him, um, knowing that she believes the women who have made accusations against Joe Biden. I want to know how that works. How does that work? How are you proud to stand with a guy that you effectively say believed sexually assaulted women? In fact... And I said this yesterday, and I want to correct myself a little bit. I mentioned the Tara Reid allegations. So Kamala Harris, in fairness, I try to be fair on this program. There's enough things to make uh, to make fun of and mock that comes out of the mouths of these radical leftists without 
without thinking that, you know, without stretching it to mean what she didn't mean. So that wasn't my intention yesterday, but I had said, because she's on record as saying that she believes the accusers, but she said that in fairness before the Tara Reid allegations. Now, I think it's a fair thing to say, to point out that we should assume that she supports or believes Tara Reid because of the we believe women, women should be, you know, believed, that whole thing. If an allegation's made, then an allegation happened. Take it to the bank. That's what the opening position was from the Democrats regarding the Me Too movement as they were setting up the scenario where they would benefit politically from a female VP choice. I mean, that's, I think, undeniable. That's what they were moving towards it again it does it's just like with this COVID thing it doesn't mean that me too wasn't a real thing and that it didn't people didn't suffer because that is absolutely what happened and that's reprehensible and despicable and terrible as well but what it does mean what it does mean is that we're dealing with political opportunists here that sometimes that sometimes put things and, and actions into play uh, into into effect with the political long game in view. And so this was all supposed to, you know, paint Donald Trump as a sexist, you know, go back to some of the old comments that they have of him making, you know, say he, he hates women. He sees women as, you know, objects or whatever. And now you've got a female vice president candidate for Biden or whoever the nominee was, or even a female candidate. And you could say, look, you know, we have the answer to this, Trump hates people like Kamala Harris simply because of her gender. We can't let this happen. It's a disgrace. And that's that's kind of the campaign theme, right? That that's what they that's where they wanted to go. They didn't factor in allegations being made against Joe Biden. Now during the campaign, during the Democrat primary process, Kamala Harris was very content on making sure that she knew or that people knew that she believed the accusers because it could help her secure the nomination. So, but in fairness, she didn't say that before after Tara Reid, but I think it's a fair to assume that that's her starting point. Probably not now since she's on the Biden ticket. Amazing how that works, right? She believes I want, I mean, how can you be proud to stand up there? I mean this, how can you be proud to stand up there to stand alongside Joe Biden, even though you're not beside him because you're socially distanced or you're wearing masks, or you violate the mask protocol and you walk past each other and touch each other as you're exchanging positions to get behind the podium there and talk to the make-believe crowd you're looking at yesterday. I just, I mean, how can you be proud of that? How? I really want to know. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So something else I want to get to, and we're going to have to get to next hour, but I'm going to do my best to at least set the stage here. There's an article, an op-ed at marketwatch.com, Paul Brandis, opinion, Biden lays trap for Trump by picking Harris, subheading or whatever you want to call this little thing, the Intro to the actual copy in the article, President Trump will likely insult and demean. So I mean likely. Of course he's going to. This is what President Trump does. By the way, newsflash, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris will insult Trump and Pence. In fact, they did that yesterday. Shocking. 
shocking revelation, Mr. Brandis. President Trump will likely insult and demean Senator Kamala Harris, angering women voters. Angering women voters who over, already overwhelmingly support Democrats. So the theory goes, and we'll talk about this a little bit uh, next hour, but as the theory goes, as the theory goes, Trump is going to attack Kamala Harris. This is going to upset female voters. There's more female voters than male voters. These female voters already support, according to polling and according to Mr. Brandis here, as much as we can believe either of those two things, women voters support Biden and Kamala, that ticket more than Trump. So this is going to make more of them. It's going to anger and enrage more of them, and they're going to flock to the defense of Kamala Harris here. That's the theory in a nutshell. We'll break that down look at that uh, next hour on you. By the way, hour two will be on YouTube, and we're working. I'm close. I'm close. We just hired um, hired a staff member to help with some things, and one of those things, she might not even really know this yet, but one of these things is going to be to help us stream on multiple platforms, both hour one and hour two, at least for the short term, um, to continue to reach more and more folks. So hour two currently just on YouTube, and I think we'll have hour two on Facebook here in the not-too-distant future as well. But YouTube is where we are today if you want to hear our discussions on that. I get to wrap up here, hour one, come back, and we will do that. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. I asked Oz here behind the scene, what would Trump have to say about Kamala Harris that would make her flock to the polls to vote for the Biden-Harris ticket? What would have to happen? <laughs> I mean, what? and we'll talk about this again next hour in more detail, but what would have to happen? What scenario would have to exist? Or think about the women that you know, whether uh, whether you're a female voter or not. Think about the women that you know. What would have to happen? Is there anything that could happen that would make them, if they're planning on voting for Trump, to vote for Biden because of something that Trump says about Kamala Harris, who, by the way, Trump is right. He said that she's she's nasty. Kamala Harris can be very nasty. I mean, we this is on – I don't think this is a some sort of secret that this is some new allegation or new problem or new, you know – issue for the for that Kamala Harris has, has heard. It's not just because she's a woman running for vice president that somebody says this. I mean, it's it is in the sense that she's on the ticket, so Trump's gonna say what he says, but it's not because of anything other than what he's seen demonstrated in her behavior and ideas and that sort of thing. So anyway, talk about this hour too. Thanks for listening. SDGC in a minute. <laughs> 